Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of LGA. That is Lit, Lit, Lit Gaming, Gaming. Arena. Arena. For those of you who don't know, my name is Marcus, and I am joined, as always, by Justin. I'm eating Oreos. He's eating fucking Oreos like a piece of fucking human garbage. Let's get to it! Okay, welcome to the Gamer episode 69 of the LGA cast, <laughs> which means absolutely nothing, but you know, you gotta celebrate it because you know what? The number 69, it's nice. Yeah, like the sound of this. Yeah, you know it. That's what 69 reminds me of. And you know, I'm saddened, I'm saddened today on this, the 69th episode of the LGA cast because the fucking gas station was out of game fuel. So I don't even get game fuel on the 69th episode of the LGA. I have to drink Monster like I'm some piece of shit. So, welcome. so today's episode is brought to you by Monster. Welcome to the 69th episode where we're doing LGA After Dark and we're reviewing dirty, dirty games and drinking Monsters. <laughs> Eating Oreos. Eating birthday cake Oreos. Yep. Y'all play that leisure suit, Larry. <laughs> that's a that's a certified nice game. You play Custard's last Custard's last battle, last stand, whatever the fuck that game. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that that? Atari game where his dick's just hanging out and you have sex with the Native American people. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. That's horrific. I don't. I don't know why it was ever <laughs> <That's>, made. <laughs> that sounds horrific. You know, I still don't know. Under, I still don't understand why Custer is so glorified. Now, on this episode, we're going to talk about a sexy game nobody ever heard of because it was made in my high school programming class. But some innocent student <laughs> made a shooting game where you played characters and you shot each other. But but we couldn't use guns because we're in high school, so we made them squirt guns. And while you had to stop and pump the guns. Um, and you can just imagine how that looked in pixel art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it looked great. They were Halo characters, and you'd stop and pump it, and they would squat down and jerk directly down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> nice. That's a certified 69 game. That's... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that, is that what you got for, for a certified 69 segment? <laughs> well, I mean, I just think of... I always will think of that game when he had to present it to the class and the teacher just being like, Yeah, they're pumping squirt guns there, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you we, know, we all see it. <laughs> you, you know when that teacher went to, like, the next, like teacher's lounge like Sammy went to the teacher's lounge you know he was like showing everybody that He's like, look, at <laughs> look at what this asshole made in my class <laughs> well because he just wanted you know like this guy was obsessed with Halo so he just wanted to make a Halo like it was kind of like a tank game you know you moved your characters around and you just tried to shoot each other but 
then he, like, once again, they were like, you can't, they can't be guns, so he had to be like, well, they're squirt guns, so he added this pumping mechanic. God damn it. <laughs> that's, that's the best. I love that. Which I couldn't help but think, like, everybody in that class tried to make something that was a bit, you know, more complex. And it's like, why didn't we just make games like checkers or chess, you know, something easy? I, could, I gotta make Halo, but with squirt guns. <laughs> pump action. <laughs> the, the pump action. It looked bad from every angle. <laughs> Which reminds me of, uh, I listened to a podcast called Beyond Synth. And uh, he reads off uh, like Patreon people that that um, support the podcast. And one time, and this guy's still a, P- a Patreon person, but with the first time he read the name was the best. But he's like, "Oh, we have a new Patreon, uh, Pump Action Foreskin." <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking name of the guy. <laughs> oh, it's it still makes me laugh just thinking about that fucking name. It's perfect. It's a perfect name. You can't be topped. That's a certified nice. It's great. What else? So, so what have you? Uh, what else have you been up to this week, Marcus? Nothing nice. Uh, probably the most uh, unsexy uh, games you could imagine. Um, <laughs> uh, Paper Mario. <laughs> no, uh, I bought. Um, hold on. Let me let me look up the name here so I get it one hundred percent correct. It's a very long name. Oh, you bought a Xbox Series X uh, without a disc drive? That's a lot of words. <laughs> That's a lot of words. Um, <laughs> Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were just, uh, before we started, you were saying how you were the the, the master. Uh, no, I'm the uh, mastermind. Uh, yeah, the master. Oh, mastermind. That's right. Yeah, so, uh, so, so. Okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. So you're lesser than Megamind. <laughs> the, the, Mega, the Mega Drive, the Master System, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying I'm Slave Mind? Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, that makes you Secondary Mind and Mega, yeah, Mega prim- Mind would primary be Primary Mind, mind. and Secondary <laughs> Mind. <laughs> Which actually, it's not even called Mastermind in this, the because these, these are just, it, it's a collection of 51, like, well, I guess I hesitate to say 51 classic games, but it is basically 51 classic games, so it has such great games like Mancala, uh, which is actually kind of solely why I bought the game, because I really like Mancala, but... is a good game. But yeah, it's got Mancala, Dots and Boxes, uh, Yacht Dice, which is kind of like Yahtzee, but not Yahtzee. Um, uh, check, uh, four in a row, which is totally not, uh, connect four, but, you know, four, four in a row. So does this, does this game have, like, um, bowling alley tier animations? You know what? Um, it's got, yeah, one better. It has bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, because I played, I, I had games like this back years and years ago, and, like, it had animations and i think it also had like a bowling game in it as well but like whenever you would do something there would be animations that would play on the screen and they were like bowling alley like quality no, of just, animations I mean, it'll just like i mean when you win it's just like victory you know like you know it, okay it, i don't know it's a really clean nice package that's uh i mean the games are like so, so, some of the games you're gonna like, some of the games you're not gonna like. Like that's. Does just this game have happen. Monopoly in it? No. 
fuck. Um, but the uh, <laughs> I'll go through all the games. But like I said, Man Mancala is one of my favorites. I've already played it uh, 24 times. Um, I've already beaten the impossible AI in it. Uh, <laughs> what which is like a lot of these games. Like Mancala, I feel is a bit more. Uh, exempt from this, there is more strategy to Mancala, but but a lot of them are just games of chance. Like, literally war. You can play uh, war in this, which <laughs> is literally just flipping up bli cards blindly, so, which there is no real strategy to that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Dots and Boxes is a game I absolutely hate. I don't feel there's a strategy to it at all. Maybe I'm missing something, but since you just draw the fucking lines and try and make boxes, it's just whoever, you just go until, like, one person can make the boxes, and once one person can make the boxes, they can just make all the fucking boxes. Because once they go and they make a box, you got to make another line. So they can just keep making boxes. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm sure there's a strategy in there, like, because I think the strategy there is if you force them to make a box early, or that you can then, if they don't make the box, then you can make the box, and that will switch the turn order, so then you can be on the... Uh, secondary turn phase and hopefully like then you get to be the person making all the boxes at the end but i i don't know i haven't uh dumbed my way into the strategy to that but i'm also not good at so i'm not good at dots and boxes and i'm not good at connect four never have been fucking terrible at connect four <laughs> like uh, when i mentioned that to my friends who were here that they were like how can you be bad at connect four i'm like i'm just bad at connect four man like I'm, and I feel Connect Four is a game that does cater to the player who goes second, and I've typically almost always gone first in Connect Four. And when you're on the defensive, I think you have an advantage, and because you can just always make the blocking moves, and then also be building towards your own thing, where player one uh, has to try and uh, hopefully just trick you, um, which doesn't really happen as often. Fuck Connect Four, hate it. <laughs> I beat the master AI, but you know, it, it, that's a real just game of luck where it's like, there is strategy, but it's, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now hit and blow is what they call mastermind. Uh, I find it funny that it's hit and blow, but that, that's, a, that's a nice for you. <laughs> nice. But yeah, ma mastermind is my jam. I've, I've played this on here like a zillion fucking times. How many times have I played? 29 times already. And I've won 22 times out of the 29. So I am the mastermind. <laughs> You're the mastermind. You're the primary mind. I like to play with the uh, duplicates on. Uh, it makes it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. But yeah, that, that game's fun. They got Chinese checkers in here. They, they got Nine Man Morris, which I fucking hate. Um, the only reason <laughs> I know what Nine Man Morris is is because it was a game you could play in uh, Assassin's Creed 3. You, it was oh, like shit. one of the mini games you could play against the AI, but you could verse like achilles in it and he was just mean um fuck that game i i fucking hate nine man morris i hate it so much <laughs> hex that's a game i really fucking hate you just have to create a path with these hexagonal tiles and you know somebody does the up and down and somebody does the left to right and then you know you block each other but god do i hate that fucking game. yeah checkers checkers is all right i've never played this game until in here but it's called uh hare and hounds which one person plays as the hare, which can move kind of more omnidirectionally, and then one person plays as three hounds, and the hounds can only move forward. Like, well, they can, I guess it's reductive to say they can only move forward, but they can't move backwards. They, they can move, like, you know, up, down, and if there's a diagonal path, they can move on the diagonal path, but they, they have, like, you can't move backwards where the hare can move backwards and forwards. Um, huh. 
it's harder to win as the dogs, I feel. It's easier. If if you get in the middle as the hare, you just win. Like, you get in that center because then all paths are open to you that you can just go anywhere. And as soon as you get past, the do- like, the furthest back dog, you just win because <laughs> they can't go backwards. <laughs> Gamoku is in here. Uh, that is, uh, it's basic, it, it, it's first to five in a row, but it's kind of like a flattened version of Connect Four, but it's on a Go board. But, but actual Go is not in here because I, I hear that game's too complicated to make an AI for. Dominoes, they got the Chinese <laughs> checkers. They have a game called Ludo, which is actually sorry, um, <laughs> Which I didn't know till in here because they, you know, like they they give you background information, but it, it was a game that originated in India. Well, now I'm confused because it said it started in India, but then on the title it says Ludo, a popular, easy to play dice game from Europe. <laughs> Apparently they think India is in Europe. Like unless they're considering like the European, colo- the the English colonies in India. Oh, but I don't, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Um, but sorry sucks. It always has. It's just a game of rolling dice. Might as well play fucking Yahtzee. I got Backgammon, Renegade, Chess, Shogi, Mini Shogi, Hanafuda, uh, Raichi Mahjong, uh, Last Card, which is just Uno, Blackjack, Texas Hold'em, President. Don't know what that is. I, I've played it zero times. Sevens, Speed, uh, Matching, which is just Matching, War, uh, Takayaki, which is kind of fun. You got to be the first to flip up your uh, one through 10 cards. And so it's like you have a one through 10 and your opponent has a one through 10 and then there's a deck in the middle. But you just when you flip up like a three, then you flip up the card in your three slot. And let's just say that card that you flipped up is like a seven. Then you flip up the seven slot and you just keep going until you get a face card and then it's the next person's turn. And then you just want to be the first one to flip up all your cards. So that that game's pretty fun, actually. Um Pig's tail, golf, billiards, bowling, darts, uh, Karam, toy tennis. Uh, that, that game's all right. Toy soccer. Haven't played that one yet. Toy curling. That's all right. I feel you throw too many curl, the irons or whatever they're called, the curling things, the rocks. What are they called? Curling stones. Um, the, the stones. Fuck. I, they're stones. I, I think yeah, I think they're just stones. Yeah, yeah. You throw the curling stones, but they uh, you throw ten of them, which seems like too many. <laughs> I feel it should be like four or five. <laughs> Toy boxing, that's kind of fun. It's kind of like Sockem, Rockem Sockem robots a little bit, but it's like a hooked boxing arm. Toy baseball, that game sucks ass. It, Fucking, if you're the pitcher, you could just throw at the fucking speed of light and it's impossible to fucking hit. Air hockey, the air hockey in this feels really accurate. You could tell it feels accurate by the amount of times you accidentally knock it into your own fucking thing, your own goal. You scoring on yourself too much in this, which makes it feel real. (laughs) Slot cars, fishing, battle tanks, team tanks. Um, shooting gallery, six ball puzzle, sliding puzzle, Mahjong solitaire, uh, Klondike solitaire, spider solitaire. And then there's a bonus 50 second game. Let's just call it. I'm going to air quotes, but it's just a piano. You just can play a piano. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's quite a bit of game. Like, if you like, I mean, if you like a couple of those, it can be worth it. And depending on how much you play it, I've currently been playing like a little bit of hit and blow or mastermind before I go to bed. It kind of relaxes me uh, just to play some mastermind, basically. Um, and a little bit of introspective uh, story of the past, uh, as depressing as this is going to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was a little kid, so I was probably like two or three. Can't really remember. Or maybe four. I was really young. But my dad would always play Mastermind with my brother before he went to bed, you know, just to kind of relax him. And I I always wanted to play Mastermind, but I was too young. I was too young to play Mastermind. But my dad was like, I'll eventually, like, play Mastermind with you. He never played Mastermind. <laughs> I never got to play Mastermind with my dad. <laughs> I think I maybe played it once or twice, but once again, I was like so young and didn't quite understand what I was doing. So this is my vengeance. No. <laughs> but yeah, I just I really enjoy Mastermind and I'm like pretty I'm going to say good at it if there is a good at it. I don't know. It's just deductive reasoning. But yeah, it's for $40. Um and you get 51 games. That's like less than a dollar. That's a, game a lot of games when you think about it. But I don't know. And, and most of the games, aside from like, like certain games like Yacht Dice, where it is just kind of pure luck based, they don't have an AI that gets harder on some of the ones they have, you know, like the normal AI and then it goes all the way up to impossible. So I think it's like four levels of AI. Um, I think the one below impossible is the amazing AI. It's like normal, hard, amazing, and then impossible. So I think it's four levels. If I remember correctly, uh, which some of those impossible AIs are just, they're jerks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of that. I played it with my friend because you could, uh, he, he had a switch with him and then he downloaded the, demo of the game which lets him play with me so I could invite him to games um and we could just play you know the full versions of those <laughs> but what's helped because you can't like we could play on the same console which we did do for a little bit but there are certain games you can't play like Texas Hold'em for obvious reasons because then you'd be able to see my cards um and then we ended up <laughs> only playing Texas Hold'em once anyway because I was playing on the TV so you could see all my cards <laughs> he just, like, got his hand held, and I was like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Just peek over and look at all my cards. Screen peeking. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if he did or didn't. He, he said he wasn't looking at the screen, but I was just like, well. And then it was just like, the Texas Hold'em wasn't fun. It wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. Blackjack's pretty fun, but I just reduced... Since you can go infinitely into the negative money in blackjack, I just max bet every time. <laughs> and then I double down every chance I get. Yeah. I'm going to go with much negative money because it's like when I hit big, I hit big. But then I'm just going to be in the negative most of the time. Um, yeah, so I played a lot of that. I finished up uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. Uh, yeah, that game is, uh, it's a bad, terrible, awful game. Uh, 
I, I, I spoke a lot about it last time, which really did cover about every gripe I had with that game, really. So I'm not going to necessarily rehash that, but I will uh, mention the final boss fight in this game is really cool, but it is very difficult. Um, I wiped on it twice. Uh, the first time I just didn't have enough stickers. And then the second time I didn't have like, I went into it with two coins, which was just a big mistake. So then I, I went back, farmed up a bunch of stickers, farmed up a bunch of coins, uh, went into it and just like knocked it out of the park. But it's a very difficult final battle because it's not like, uh, once again, you don't level up or anything. So therefore you just have to know what you're doing kind of, and hope for the best and use your stickers as best you can. You know, like well timed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, and the ending was like real ho hum. I, I mean, like the writing. Usually, uh, Paper Mario games, especially like the first Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door, the writing has a very whimsy quality that is very in the same ballpark of something like uh, Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior. You know. Uh, the older Dragon Quest games were called Dragon Warrior in the States. Uh, now they adopted the Dragon Quest moniker. Uh, con- confusing. But anyway, those games all have like this real whimsy to them and have a certain level of charm in the writing and the dialogue that is like funny and witty. And in a way, Sticker Star has none of that. Like, like there's, there's maybe a couple of those. That game is just avoid like, I don't think anybody wanted to make that game. It's going through the motions. It it felt that way. I mean, like outside of, I think there's maybe a pun or two, but that's, they're always very punny games. Like, oh, like they have punny names and punny shit all the fucking time. Um, and even like small stuff, I, I still haven't finished thousand year door. Uh, that's still on my to-do list, but thousand year door, for example, has like, you can, uh, after you, after each chapter, you can, when you go back to like the hub town, you can talk to Luigi and he's on his own quest. And like, as you're talking to him, he's, you know, just going on about all this shit that he's on, which arguably sounds more interesting than the shit Mario's been up to. <laughs> and, <laughs> it, but Mario just, like, falls asleep, and I'm like, classic Mario. He's an asshole. Doesn't even have time for his his brother. <laughs> just ignores him. Yeah, so... And, that, and that's, like, funny stuff that's just in there, and, like, it's an interesting... Like, and then if you have, you're, you know, you're actually, like, paying attention to the reading, it's just, like, funny in general, but none of like sticker star is devoid of any of that. It does feel like, and this is just once again, preliminary expectations for the game that origami King has more of that in there and more of the actual dialogue and talking. And and it's going to have more of the, uh, like actual, I get open world's probably not the right term, but you know, it's, it's like a single consistent world that you're traveling through versus, uh, Sticker Star was segmented into like levels that you actually chose. Uh, and then, you know, you, you still had like a, a world map, I guess. You know, you'd go back to this hub location. Um, yeah, I don't know. That game is just real bad. It, it has, <laughs> it, 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 it reminds me just so thoroughly of, uh, 
Ziplash, uh, Chibi Robo Ziplash, which I mentioned before, because, it, and even now, that even more so now, because I'm like, the ending is like all this cool epic boss fight, um, which is just Bowser. Um, it's Bowser, but you know, he's a holographic sticker and it's got like cool moments to that fight. But it is kind of like Chibi Robo had a really cool ending, like boss fight, but it's like, at what cost, you know, like yeah, that granted I beat that game in about 18 hours. You probably, if you're real fast, you could do it in 15. Um, but it's just not worth playing whatsoever. In my opinion, <laughs> it, it's just so harsh. It's upsetting. That game is just really upsetting to anybody who's a fan of Mario, anything it's, just embarrassing well, like ah, I just yeah fuck that game <laughs> fuck, fuck that game and maybe that will make me maybe because I played such a terrible game I'll feel better about playing anything in that franchise now I, I only have to, <laughs> up from here uh, yeah you could say that yeah so yeah I finished that up um and then I rolled more hard into uh Mario RPG. Uh, I should be playing Thousand Year Door, honestly, but uh, I'm close to the end of Mario RPG. I, I did. Uh, I think it's called Monstro, but it's just a. Uh, it's like a monster city. Um, I'm currently in the Cloud City, which I think is the sixth star out of seven. Yeah, it's the sixth. Uh, so I'm yeah in the Cloud place. So obviously I'm towards the. And end of the game, but uh, yeah, I should have that finished up by this weekend for sure. And then hopefully dive into Thousand Year Door and hopefully have that done by the end of the weekend. But who fucking knows? Uh, I know that game is longer. Um, the two longest games in the Paper Mario franchise are uh, Thousand Year Door and Color Splash, which I've never played Color Splash and may not have time to get to it before Origami King, but who knows? <laughs> I, I, I I don't know. Sometimes I magic, I magically pull a bunch of hours out of my ass and play a bunch of fucking games. Uh, but yeah, I've been nose to the grindstone on a lot of Mario shit. Um, it'll be worth it in the end. Um, I have some big stuff planned for that, but yeah, Mario RPG is the, honestly, the monster city is something I completely blanked from that game. I, I like, I didn't remember <laughs> it at all when I was there. And now that I've left to the Cloud City, I was like, okay, I remember this part. This part's fun where you like, uh, you pretend to be a statue and you get like, you get basically painted as a statue and then you get snuck in and the, uh, this lady who's kind of, uh, usurped the throne in a way is like, at first she's like, why is this an ugly statue? And then the guy's like, like, oh no, he's, he's got a strong masculine mustache and like, plumbers are really masculine and she's like oh how how like avant-garde basically <laughs> i'm like god damn it the humor in this game is so good <laughs> and like what why did you just sculpt a fucking plumber <laughs> what, what happened here <laughs> yeah that and i mean i just love mario rpg it is it's a masterpiece for a reason it's it, it is yeah. a game held in high regard for a reason, and I really love it. G Gino is the best. It's funny because my friend was like, uh, this was a few weeks back, but he had watched some YouTube video that was really just praising uh, 
how good Princess Peach is in that game. And I I put her on my team for a bit, and I mean, she's like a great healer and all because she has a lot of group team heals. But I'm like, she's just like compared to Gino, who can do max damage. Like he can like obliterate. He can one shot bosses on his own. Like, I'm like, Gino is just, he, he's a beast. You'd be stupid not to put him on your team. <laughs> like, and then, so it's like, you're going to have Mario. You you have to have Mario. And then you're going to have probably Gino. And then it's like, I, I like to have Malo on my team personally. Like, cause I'm like, he's a, he's kind of like your red mage. Like he can, he has a heal, which is decent, but he can do some pretty good damage too. Where like Peach is like strictly all healing. I mean, I don't think it's a bad team to have like Mario, Peach, and Gino, but I don't know. I, I've also had Bowser on my team for a while. He's all right. He he's just a huge tank. He like he can hit really hard and has a shit ton of health. But I mean, Gino just hands down like I'm like he can he has attacks that attack the whole battlefield and do stupid amounts of damage, and then can literally do like nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage like in a single hit which no character even like even kisses that amount of damage <laughs> like high damage for most characters is in like the three hundreds <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm doing in the thousands. So yeah, he's a broken character in some way, but I'm like, he, he's Gino. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> That's your boy. This pup, this ugly, weird puppet kid. <laughs> And Malo's like a weird cloud who got duped into thinking he was a frog. I don't... That's always been a funny plot bit. <laughs> He's like, I'm a frog. And you're like, you are definitely not a fucking frog. <laughs> it almost worries you at first because you're like, is this what Nintendo thinks frogs look like? <laughs> They're weird cloud boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't recommend Mario RPG enough. I, I believe it is on the... Uh, the SNES classic. I'm pretty sure it's oh, really? the games on there. Oh, shit. So if you got one of those, I, I cannot recommend that game enough. Check it out. I'm sure eventually it'll be one of the fucking SNES games on switch. Um, and it'll be worth playing there. It's, it's rock solid through and through. Uh, it, it, so, something that I don't feel it gets enough praise for, uh, when it comes to talking about like apples and oranges of, uh, you know, Super Mario RPG versus uh, Paper Mario is that Super Mario RPG goes at like a breakneck speed. It, like it doesn't linger on one thing for too fucking long, which is good. I, li I like that. I, I like that. I'm like, I constantly feel like I'm seeing and doing new things and I'm, it's not dwelling on one thing very long. It's it, like I'm not in one location for way too fucking long. Um. <laughs> Where in Paper Mario, it's like some, you know, some of the guys have dialogue that is just like for fucking ever. And it's just the most boring, uh, cliche ass dialogue of like, I mean, anytime it was like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm the fucking bullshit star of bullshit. Uh, and he would have his long monologue and it was like, look, I don't care. I, I needed to find you so I can get <laughs> your power to save Princess Peach. It's a, is a stupid, pointless fucking story. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of, that's also the plot of Sticker Star. B Bowser kidnapped Peach and is like possessed by a sticker crown. 
stupid fucking plot. <laughs> like, and, and once again, I, I'm sure somebody out there is like, but Marcus, Mario games are still that plot. And I'm like, I'm not saying that it's better in the Mario games. It's a little bit more excusable because they're not leaning on the narrative. The narrative's not important in the mainline Mario games. It's like more about the, just the platforming and the those mechanics anyway. And I guess if you, you could say that in Paper Mario, but let, let's face facts here, those mechanics and especially in Sticker Star are not good. So what does that leave you with? You have to then be like, okay, then the narrative better be good. And you're like, no, that's also bad. So then it's like, well, shit, what do we got? <laughs> we got a stapler. <laughs> shit. Yeah, fuck that. God, that game hurt me. It hurt me, Justin. I am drinking <laughs> only whiskey right now to drown out my memories. No. To black out that game. No, I'm drinking a, a Coke. But <laughs> um, yeah, well, so that's about what I've been doing that I can remember. Uh, you know, the whiskey and all. <laughs> have you have you been playing anything, Justin? Well, I think we're probably we're about the, the midway mark of the episode. So we're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back, and then I'll talk about what I may or may not have been playing. 51 Worldwide Classic. Hey there, podcast fans. I wanted to try out podcasting. Do you like sports talk? Do you want to have a racquetball conversation with you? How about politics? How is Nancy Pelosi in bed? Music. I'm a Billy Joel aficionado. The culinary arts. Most people like a lot of milk, but I only like a little bit of milk. Women's issues. Keep it in your pants, ladies. <laughs> or how about a whole bunch of nonsense? You in a hobo turd. I've seen a lot of dead people. That's your cousin! The Unpaid, the unpaid programming, programming Podcast. Podcast. The Unpaid Programming Podcast contains adult language and adult situations. All right, we are back with the LGA cast. And uh, before we went to break, you asked what I've been doing this week. And, you know, honestly, between um, the 4th of July and my son's birthday and my brother-in-law's birthday, not a whole lot of gaming actually happened this week. I was hoping to get to some more of that Shapes.io, um, but I wasn't able to get get into the more of that you this were incapacitated. week i was incapacitated by fireworks and birthday parties and um and i but i did i did watch some some more tv um and this is this is the third phase the third phase right here of colony <laughs> the colony discussion because that's the show i've been watching and you've already heard it from me because I had messaged you after I finished watching it. But yes, I am finished watching Colony. I watched all three seasons. Remember how last week, how I said uh, I'm, I'm going to regret it, that I kept going, that I didn't stop when I was ahead? Well, <laughs> now you regret it. Here it is. I regret it. It's, it got canceled. It, it went through three seasons and it got canceled before it got four. And it was clear that they... I don't know. It's it's in the it was in a weird position where I don't think that they thought it was going to stop, but uh, because there is season three ends on 
the biggest cliffhanger of them all. Like if you watch season one and you're like, wow, that was a cliffhanger. And then you watch season two and you're like, oh shit, that's a cliffhanger. Season three like amplifies that up to like the tenfold in cliffhanger status. And now I'm just pissed because it's just like, there's so much that I want to know about this show. There's so many questions left unanswered. And I mean, for them, it, it was in this weird position. So the first two seasons were filmed in Hollywood in LA. And um, in the first season, they're like, they're in um, LA. And in the second season, they are trying to escape LA. Like he, he ends up getting one of his, his, his son that was trapped in another area. And this is, if you haven't seen this show, like, I don't know, skip ahead because I'm going to spoil the shit out of shit right now because, the, I mean, this show has been over for a long while. People were hoping that Netflix would end up picking up a season, but like all the props have been sold and everything. So there's no hope of that ever happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so season two, they he uh, Will, the main character, he gets his son back from Santa Monica and now they are. Uh, trying to find a way out of the city. They're trying to f get through the wall somewhere so that they can essentially escape and live in the wilderness or somewhere like away from any society. Um, and by the second season, they ultimately do that. And they kind of find out about like this camp that's supposedly in the desert. That's a bunch of like resistance people that are hiding out in the desert somewhere. Um, but then there's like this weird continuity break that happens because in uh, season one and two, they were filmed. Like I said, they're filmed in Hollywood in California for season three. They moved production to Vancouver. So there is no desert to be filmed in up there. So this uh, camp that they, ulti they, they ultimately end up finding um, for the, the resistance is actually like deep in a forest instead of in the desert. And they never address this at all. <laughs> it's never addressed. It's, it's a pure continuity break. Like this, this camp is supposed to be in the desert. It's now in a forest. They never mention why it's now in a forest. <laughs> but um but man this this show was it was something else like it i it did a lot of things that i think were really good um particularly the world building uh storytelling was maybe not so much but like they they built characters that were believable um and like you you wanted to like most of the characters maybe a couple maybe not so much um and maybe one or two that you love to hate um and the, the interesting about this show is that it's a it's it's an alien invasion show without the aliens they built this world in a way where uh, and when i say like it's a believable world like you're this is like it's totally believable that humans would be this shitty to each other in a situation like this. I mean, the current coronavirus outbreak kind of um, solidifies that, I think, with the way people are acting towards each other just over a virus. Um, but uh, yeah, they don't really they show the aliens like a couple times and like the big kind of reveal in season three um, that they kind of alluded to early on in season two. Um, but these aliens are essentially sentient machines and there's only a couple hundred of them. So like when one of them dies, it's a huge deal. So like in the show, they mentioned how 
two of them were killed or two of the aliens were killed in um, like Dallas or something. I can't remember where it was. And uh, the they basically just firebombed that area from space when <laughs> it's, they bombarded that whole area from space when those two died because there's um, they don't reproduce at all. Like all they do is they create drones, they create robots, like everything is drones and it's like a hive mind of these machines and they don't actually replicate in any way as far as the lore went in the show. And so that was like a big deal if any of them died. Um, I remember how I made a prediction about how they're predict they're, they're, they're protecting earth, but in a really shitty roundabout way from a potential bigger threat that's coming. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's all that I was right. That that's a thing. <laughs> um, in a really shitty roundabout way, they think that humans are their allies, but it's like a, it's a real like under duress type alliance where they're like, hey, we'll protect you from like this really these these shitty guys that are so bad that we're even on the run from them. <laughs> like we're on the run from these bad guys and we've been hiding here and and we will try to protect you if you give us slave labor and uh, help us build these weapons that will weapons and shields and, and defense grids that will help protect your planet. <laughs> but if you don't supply the people, we're going to bombard your city from space. Like that's essentially like what, what they, <laughs> so they, the, the aliens essentially have infiltrated with the world governments and they created the transitional authority, or it was like the it's they call it the IGA. I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it was something about like the future. Um, and uh, and and these these guys were set up to be in charge of more or less repopulating the earth, resetting the earth, and because the 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 aliens weren't going to be able to protect the entire planet from bombardment of these other aliens. And that's why they were, it seemed like that's why they were they're They're setting up like cities inside these big walls because the shield would be generated from the walls. And so if you were inside the walls, you would be protected from any, any type of attack and anything outside the walls. You were just fucked. If, if there was ever any attack from the other aliens. So that's kind of the whole deal with that. And, uh, they they've been infiltrating the government since like the sixties is what it sounds like in the show. And so like, they've had a lot of time of planning, setting up like all these kind of like secret agencies so that they had more authority than any other government. So that they were able to just, as soon as the, the arrival happened, they were able to just swoop in and take control without any issue. Um, and then that's, then they were like, okay, well now, you guys are in charge. The humans are in charge of the other humans and you got to keep them in line and you got to supply us. And there was like this whole thing where they were like, they used an algorithm to classify humans into like groups where they're like, these, these are, these are people that are set to be like leaders. Like, so they will live, they will be leaders of the new world order. And then there, these people are, they're just low level people. They're workers. And then there's like, then there's like another classification classification called outliers where like they didn't fit into any other groups. And it was more or less people that were like ex-military people that were like really um, adept at combat 
they called them outliers and they were supposed to be providing the aliens without in addition to workers that would go to the factory and build weapons and shit um they were supposed to supply these outliers and it's it seemed like the outliers were supposed to be like their response to like these other aliens is like we're gonna the 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 other aliens are an organic species they weren't uh they weren't machines like these guys and apparently these guys weren't able to fight the organic aliens that well because they're able to get through their technology sensors or whatever and so they're like oh well if we if we get like the best of the best combat people of earth that can be our biological weapon against these other organic aliens so that was like the the whole thing was like they're like yeah we'll just we'll collect all these really combat ready humans and send them to fight the organic aliens that are trying to kill us off and they did show the other aliens a couple times and it was like predator level of like alien where they were just invisible like they had cloaking machines and then they just like one shot killed everybody <laughs> um yeah it's I really like the world that they set up with this. I just wish that they could have explained more or had more time to explain more of it because I think the world that they built is really cool. And the on top of that, like the the action sequences, I think they did a really good job with all like the the gun choreography they did. I mean, they did a lot of like room sweep type stuff where it's like just two guys going through like busting through a door and just murdering everybody inside the room. <laughs> um or just will being a badass and doing that by himself which there was a there was a scene where like his house gets invaded by one of the uh resistance cells because one of the one of the resistance cells are like um anybody that works for the um the transitional authority um they call them collaborators because they're collaborating with the aliens and their whole thing is like if you collaborate you die so they sent like these people to will's house to like murder his family and he showed up like after they had already gotten there so like his kids were like hiding out somewhere in the house and uh there's like several people inside his house like trying to find other people or they're walking around the property and he just goes into the house by himself and he just murders every single one of these people (laughs) it was great it was a great sequence um oh and that was another thing too like they they play around with the whole idea that there are regional dialects so in the la in the first season in la um they they call the aliens raps so like they call them the raps and in season two when they escape outside the city and they're um actually it wasn't like i think it was actually season three when they finally escaped the city but um they escaped the city and they're they're they find this camp, this resistance camp, and they they mention the raps. They're like, yeah, the raps, and they're like, the what? Like you, the the raps, the aliens are like, oh, we call them clicks. <laughs> and so clicks. then they, yeah, so then they're calling them clicks for a while, and and then they get and then they're uh, and then they get to like Seattle. So like the the last thing, the last town, the city they're at is Seattle. And uh, they mentioned, I, I can't remember if they said raps or clicks, but they said that to somebody and there's like the what? It's like dude, the aliens. And you're like, oh, we call them morks. <laughs> Mork and Mindy. Yeah. So the raps, the clicks and the morks. <laughs> it's just like, that's this is like a really weird, funny, probably like a, a, a writer's joke, I'm sure. But I, I like the fact that they played around with regional dialects for like these aliens. Um, 
Seattle, the Seattle colony, I guess is what you could call it, was kind of cool in a way that um, the guy that was running that colony was independent from the transitional authority. And the, he had a lot of power because he was the person that they used to create the algorithm that sorted all the humans. So his algorithm was um, the one that did all that. And he was pissed at early on because they showed a scene where they were applying his algorithm wrong. And he's like, that's not how the algorithm works. And like, well, we, we had you create the algorithm, how we apply it is our business. And he's like, well, fine. Okay, whatever. And then it kind of fast forwards to another point in time where um, he's just sitting in his office building in, in uh, Seattle and there's just drones flying everywhere and everything's on fire. And, uh, <laughs> he's, he's getting a phone call from the IGA and he's like, I'm not going to answer the phone. I want, I'm not going to answer until such and such, like until the chancellor calls me and they're like, they're, they're saying it's important. He's like, well, tell him I'm not going to answer the phone until the chancellor calls. And then someone else calls and he's like, no, I'm still not answering. It's got to be the chancellor. And, uh, then finally that person calls and he's like, Hey, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my city's on fire, and uh, I'm sure you can guess why, <laughs> because you guys didn't, he's like, I want to hear from you. you, I want you to admit that you didn't apply my algorithm the way I wanted it to be, and total, total like, power move, and they're like, okay, fine, we admit it, and he's like, now what, now what can we do, and he's like, I want to control the city myself, I want to do it my way, and I don't want you guys to be involved. <laughs> And so he actually did it. He did it his way. And the city actually was really successful uh, doing it his way. It was weird, but it was like successful. And he was actually the whole time he was doing this is he was doing it to undermine the transitional authority and the aliens that were there. Um, He's like, yeah, these guys that are saying they're going to protect us are actually like they're going to lose the war. And we're going to we're just caught in the middle of this bullshit. (laughs) So. He was trying to go side with the opposite aliens so that they so that Seattle could come out on top. It was it's weird. But goddamn that that like my brain was trying to cope so hard with how mad I was that this didn't have any proper conclusion that the night I finished watching the show, I had a dream that I was like gonna go contact these aliens myself. <laughs> that's, that's how pissed I was about this show not getting a proper ending but now that i've talked about it like forever that's my review of colony really cool concept really cool ideas great world great writing and well i mean uh, decent writing i guess um really fantastic characters i think their characters are at least for the most part are pretty well written there's only a couple i didn't like so much um but i mean if you are okay with watching a show that has absolutely fucking no conclusion and you just want to be along for the ride while it lasts, I highly recommend it. I love Josh Holloway as an actor. He's in Lost. He's in Yellowstone. Uh, I don't know what other things he's in, but he's he's good in whatever he's in, it seems like. so. But uh, after that, I started, uh, I started watching uh, Lost in Space Season 2 because I forgot that I'd never started that season. And the last season's coming next year of that. It's I'm a couple episodes in. It's pretty good. I know I I didn't I it seems like sometimes like when new seasons of shows that I like come out, it's like it doesn't hit at the right time. Or I'm just like, I don't know, I'm not feeling that particular show right now. 
Like you recommended me be an A and I'm like, I'm going to get to that. But like right now I'm just not feeling animation. So I just started watching the lost in space, which I'm pretty sure like after I'm done with this, I'm like, okay, now I'll watch BNA, but it's a interesting take on lost in space for sure. But the fact that like the robot is an alien robot thing and not like the robot that's supposed to protect the family. <laughs> I'm not here to protect family. Fuck the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just an alien you guys found. I don't know. It's, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good. It's good so far. I like it. Good. I mean, I guess I don't, it's weird. I, it's weird. There's so much, there's so much that goes into that show, but like, I don't know if I could speak enough about it compared to like colony. I, I don't know what it is about colony. Cause you know what? Col- Here's the thing too about colony. I'm still back in colony, but, uh, it wasn't even a sci-fi show. It was a USA Network show. Like that's weird. Who? How does USA Network have the gall to put out a show that good? Like, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy, because they didn't even show the USA Network watermark until season three. So I don't know. Maybe did someone else start it and USA bought it, and that's why they moved production to Vancouver on season three. But it didn't say USA until season three. So I don't know if it's maybe it started somewhere else and then USA got it and then they ran it into the ground and and didn't continue it for season four. Man, I I went to the subreddit for that for that show. And that is a depressing fucking subreddit. Like every single poster, somebody saying, yeah, it's a shame they didn't continue the show. (laughs) Oh, it's that was a that's sad. But. Yeah, that's so. That's, that's what I did. And so we should probably get to community engagement before it gets too late because it's already almost midnight. So we're going to switch gears over to community engagement here as soon as I can get my bearings straight here. Um, okay, here we go. Okay, so this week on community engagement, uh, in honor of the big gamer number 69, the question is, what's the last thing you remember in a video game in video games that made you go nice? <laughs> I'm gonna start on Facebook this time. Oh, because you think they're gonna have the raunchiest of takes? You know, I'm not I'm not too sure. Some people I don't think got it. It seemed like more people didn't quite get it. Nice. But some did. <laughs> um but uh Edwin says when my character's hit points reached sixty-nine. Nice. <laughs> um robin says when i spent like 20 minutes on stream turning the ori in the last of us 2 i don't know why it was so fun but it was i i have no idea what that means (laughs) um i pat says i hooted and hollered at our introduction of lev and yara in the last of us 2 that was a really badass scene uh sean says when kazenbo farts during his idol animation in smite Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie says, when I did a sick fucking grapple in Titanfall 2 and killed some guys, nothing feels better. That had nothing to do with 69. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Someone just posted a link to uh, a video, I guess, from the Wonderful 101, and a guy just says, that's one impressive hole. <laughs> uh. Um, And someone posted... A screenshot of what I'm assuming is Team Fortress 2, and it shows the blue team and the red team both having 69 points. So that's that's nice. Um, 
using Banish on the final boss of XCOM, Chimeric Squad, to kill him in one round. Um, Nat says, not the most recent, but the biggest nice I'd ever had is when Kairos, the mother of all Thresher Malls, took down the Reaper in Mass Effect 3. <laughs> um, someone posted a screenshot that I do not recognize what it is. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Never mind. It's something from Doom. It's someone. It's it's something getting chainsawed <laughs> in Doom. Um, and then there's another um, screenshot where someone's it was a results of post match results, and there were, for some reason like each character had a letter next to their name or next to their character, and it was A S S. Nice. Yeah, nice. Um, Elizabeth says, founding a city as France in Civilization VI. Um, Walker says, Shadow of Chernobyl campfire guitar. I, I don't, I don't know what that one is. Um, that was it for Facebook. So let's move on to Instagram. Uh, <laughs> the only one we, the only comment we got is from Chris Bezina <laughs> saying, Titanfall 2's campaign. So the whole campaign was nice, apparently. Oh man, that picked up on my mic. That was a fucking loud ass thunder. Holy shit. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I'm just boom. <laughs> God. I knew there was a storm coming, but I wasn't expecting it to actually like shit. Um, let's see. Let's get let's get to the Reddit <laughs> before before the power cuts out in your house. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, let's see. Where's my bookmarks? Gotta get to my bookmarks. Okay. So Geek Freaks Podcast at Geek Freaks Pod says, last time I said nice was during a game session with Satisfactory when I got my first efficient factory. Um, Ent Exchange at Ent underscore exchange says it's a tie. One was unlocking the final axe combat tier in God of War and pulling it off an enemy successfully for like 10 to 12 hits in a row equals nice. The other was unlocking the Civil War slash Endgame Spidey suit in Spider-Man PlayStation 4 and seeing the combat legs pop out for the first time. That one could potentially be nice. Um, Man Bites Dog Podcast at Man Bites Dog Pod. The motorcycle sword fight in Final Fantasy VII Remaster. It was like taking a bong hit of pure mid-90s video game absurdity. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Joey at Random3040490. Says technically this is cheating, but short-haired Zelda in the trailer. Um Ping Ha Jen at Ping Ha Jen says Mirror's Edge. Jesus Christ, that thunder that you just heard, I I it just I just heard it just now in real life. <laughs> the internet the internet is faster. <laughs> the internet is faster than real thunder. <laughs> I'm serious. I just heard the same exact thunder, just not as loud. That's weird. Um, GOGP says started playing Witcher 2 a week ago and it opens up with a nude Triss Marigold keep in mind that I'm playing the visually enhanced version for greater nipple resolution now that that is nice <laughs> that's nice <laughs> nipple resolution um, the weekly cooldown podcast at WK cooldown says most recently it was playing apex legends with some friends and single-handedly taking out a squad on my own. Doesn't really happen that I can actually, that I actually do damage in any game of apex apex ever. So that was a highlight. And the last one I have here is gamer weekly at gamer weekly with a three in gamer uh, says honey pop the whole game. <laughs> 
I've never played Honey Pop. What is that? I don't know, but I feel like it's a hentai game of some kind. But I could be wrong. Honey Pop, a unique sim experience for PC, Mac, and Linux. It's a gameplay first approach that's part dating sim, part puzzle. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Oh yeah, and like the first, the the second or the first video result is the character doing the ahegao face. Jesus, is that how that's pronounced? Ahegao, ahegao, ahegao. Oh gee, <laughs> my my Google Assistant opened when I said that. Apparently, Google Assistant responds to ahegao. <laughs> they know what's up. Oh shit. Well, I think that's going to call it. I had another set of like, not, it wasn't specifically for community engagement, but I, I think I'll bring them in next time. But it was, um, describe, uh, your favorite video game in the most boring way possible. And I got a bunch of good ones from that. So I'll bring, I'll bring that in next week. In addition to our regular community engagement that I had planned for next week. But I'll, but, but if you're listening to this, I don't know, email us some more of those. Cause I, those, those can be fun. But, um, actually before I, before, before we end this, I got to check the email. I got to check the email to see if we got anything. Let's see. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. We got YouTube creators. We got more Facebook. We got more Twitter and yeah, no emails, <laughs> no emails. Someday we're going to get an email. It's going to be the best episode ever. It's going to be a shitty ass question too. Someone's going to email in with the worst question ever. And I'm going to be like, well, I got, like, now I have to answer this shitty question. Thanks. But yeah, so we're going to end it there. Um, if you enjoy the show, share the show with your friends. Give us a review on Apple and Podchaser. Give us the, the sweet five star reviews and uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You just search for Lake Gaming Arena. You will find us. Go to our website, lga.gg, and you can also find our Discord social. Wait, that's our email. Uh, go to our Discord chat.lga.gg. You can email us at social at lga.gg. Email us questions or uh, submit questions for the question of the week. And that's going to do it. That's, uh, that's the end. This is the end of the episode. It's, that's it. It's done. Are you still, are you still listening? Why are you still listening? Get out of here. Go, go listen to our next episode. Peace. <laughs> you got like the ninja setup where you just turn around and there's a fridge behind you with Red Bull. <laughs> I'm done for tonight. This is bullshit. I'm tired. Where's my binky? Where's my blanket? <laughs> God damn it.